Hi, everybody, and welcome to John Hennigan's Old Time Radio Show. So glad you could join us. It's going to be really terrific. we got some really wacky, zany old records for you tonight. Boy, oh boy. It's, it's going to be a swell time. <laughs> He I gave, think we're good. He gave health benefits to all, all Germans as long as you were Aryan. Yeah. Everybody got Social Security and health benefits, but you had to be Aryan. All right, we're recording, so what are you guys talking about? Hitler? We're uh, on the air no. about the Aryans. No. We just watched some on, I just watched some of Donald Trump's uh, speeches and his crony speeches. And what do you guys think of that? Well, I think the First Lady's going to be a stripper. And that's pretty cool. She's pretty hot. Yeah. <laughs> um, the first lady has a terrific body. Yeah. It's <laughs> kind of plastic, so. but you know. Hillary, Hillary can't compete with that. The best body that money can buy. Yeah. Right. But she's really in love with her orange Oompa Loompa Hitler-esque husband. I guess I shouldn't say much or utter a peep about Trump's son-in-law, Jared Kushner. <laughs> Why? Why? Why do you bring that up? Because, you know, he might send his thugs after me again. Are you scared? If that, was the, scared, be- if that was the best thug he could find, that fucking Jackie's <laughs> well, son. That was just that a was warning. Just, that guy's crazy. That was a warning. Yeah, I don't mm-hmm. know. Don't, you know, don't go t- talking about me in the public media. Even on... No one reads Even stupid little blog. Don't talk about me. Yeah, they thought it was your blog. It's funny. They're very thin-skinned. They don't like to read stuff about them like that. No. In the in any public form, even some little, you know, candy-ass blog like yours. <laughs> wow, Wait you're a really minute. attacking Eden's blog. She's <laughs> <laughs> the only one out there trying to help. Well, you. people people are telling me, come on, you could have found a bigger venue than that than yeah. Eden Brower's little. You know, cockamamie blog. <laughs> I wonder who was telling you that. <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting that you guys bring up uh, Hitler and Trump um, because I, I should alert you guys to some viewer mail that we got. Mm. Um, I, I noticed the other day, you know, people can leave comments on the blog. Well, it's not, they're not viewers, John. They're listeners. Okay. Okay, so <laughs> some, some listeners, that's right. Some listeners left some, uh, some comments. Now, I tried to post them all, but some got deleted, so oh. I, I want to give these guys credit. Yeah, go ahead. Um, so one was uh, commenting on uh, a, a jazz show that we did. Yeah. Where I guess you and me had said how, you know, there's no good jazz reissues, and that's why kids aren't into them. And then some guy, you, you know, went on. Did some, we say that? I think you said it, there's actually. There's no good jazz reissues? I think you said it. Yeah. Really? Maybe I said it. I don't know. I know what I, what, what I thought I said was simply that... The young 78 collectors I know today aren't interested in jazz, which I see all the time. Yeah, that's yeah, an yeah. observation I've heard you make. But I guess I guess either I made or, or you made a comment saying that there were no jazz reissues. I got a list 
of great jazz reissues, saying that you know everything's been reissued, blah blah blah. Sure, and, and he's right. Everything's been reissued. Right, and then I wrote the guy back and I said, oh, you know, that's cool. You know, I'll look into this list, and I posted it on the blog so people could actually see it. Your yeah. blog, your blog. And then he wrote me back like a nastier one, huh? saying like my point was that, and just said everything all over again. I just like okay, so you're crazy, but uh, so that was one. But, There's a lot uh, of kooks out there. But the more interesting one was a guy that just said, "Oh, great! So now I'm trying to listen about old music, and I got to listen to R. Crumb, Badmouth Donald Trump." Oh <gasps> no! Yeah, you didn't that, tell me that. Well, that was the one I, I tried to, you know, because I have to accept them because I get like ten thousand spam yeah. comments mm-hmm. a day. Yeah. And somehow I deleted it, so well, it's not oh, there. Oh, so you don't know, remember the guy's name? No. Oh. But some people uh, don't want to listen to us talk about uh, Donald Trump. Maybe I guess. it was Jock Hizagi. <laughs> you, you know what I say Jockies. to them? Get your own fucking podcasts, you. Hazagi Hazagi works for Trump. Tell me what I can talk about. (laughs) But yeah, I thought that was. Robert could have found a much bigger uh, platform than my my blog, of course. But um, the Village Voice emailed me, and you know they were like they didn't say they would publish word for word what Robert wrote, though. They just said we want to do our own interview with Robert, and well, we won't change anything he says. All right. Yeah, that's what the first so guy told him. The thing was, it's that, that that my blog is like I just cut and pasted what Robert emailed me, and that's the good thing about it, you know. Right. So whatever, and also my blog kind of went viral for a few weeks because of Jack, because of Jackie's Hazagi's uh, hell, hell on Earth or whatever. I mean, I have a tracker, and I was getting like thirty thousand hits a day, so whatever, it was good. Your rinky-dink little blog was lucky to go <laughs> viral. It, well, it was, actually. I'm still getting hits today, about 100 on uh, uh, the, the your rebuttal. Yeah? Yeah, your rebuttal. I just I got 100 hits. It's, it's nonstop uh, all over the world. And yeah, you could have, there you know, go. went on someplace NPR or Village Voice or something, but who knows what, you know, yeah. if they're uh, trustworthy as well. I don't know. And then you have two that you're fighting with, and then it seems like you're in the wrong, and you're never happy with what people write about you. Right. Anyway, I'm scared that they'll come after me with like even worse stuff than that insult fest. They'll send somebody to you know break my record collection or something. Nah. Mm. What if Trump comes <laughs> after you? What if Trump? Yeah, some guys will come just push their way in here and just start pulling records off the shelves and throwing them on the floor, well, smash them on the floor. Would you fight them? Would you honk an air horn at them? What would you do? <laughs> no, they'll be like big bull neck guys. They'll just have me in an arm lock. I won't be able to do anything. That's why you need a gun. No, you know you need. Donald Trump is trying to support your rights to own a gun to protect yourself from Donald Trump. On the air about taking up arms, this could be very dangerous for you. Could you know you could be put on a watch list for that. And and, oh, we're anti-gun. No one should have guns. Lose your travel privileges. No one has. I just want everyone. Nobody should have a gun. You're against guns. Well, we were in like London, and the cops don't carry guns. And I'm sure someone will like if I wrote that online, someone would. You know, hit me back with a million facts of like, well, this person killed someone with a rubber band, and should we ban all rubber bands? And all, you know, it never ends the debate, but it's there's less fear, you know. I see cops running around with guns, and I'm scared not that those cops are going to shoot me, but that like someone crazy could just come up behind them, grab it, and just start shooting. Their hand isn't on that that, gun all the time, like you know. You know how many crazy people I know in the city or that I see walking around? Well, there's there's certainly. Um, a huge problem in America with with 
not just the cops, but everybody's just ready to shoot each other. Yeah. And it's because they're <laughs> and all, the solution somehow is more this, and more. This gun. media, this you know, this system of fear is working. You know, I mean, when you design a system of fear to keep everyone terrified and confused. And then everyone is all terrified and confused and starts reacting by killing each other. It can't be a huge surprise, you know? I mean, the, the system was designed to keep people from paying attention to what's going on by making them all fear, you know, whether it's whites, fears, blacks, you know, back and forth, race wars, fear, you know. You got fear. it exactly. It's exactly right. Yeah. That you, you said it all in a nutshell. So what's the date today? It's July 19th. July 19th, 2016. And what are we going to do? We're eight minutes into our show now. We've uh, irritated and aggravated everyone listening. What are we going to do? Are we going to do a jug band show like I suggested? Yeah, I thought we'll just go along with your suggestion. That's that's a fine suggestion. Jug band records. As you said. Glad you liked it. I'm happy with it. Listen to great records. What the heck? Yeah, well, one thing that, you know, like I've noticed when we do this podcast with you is that, um, you know, you're always trying to play stuff we've never heard before, which is amazing, and I much appreciate it, and we've got so many amazing shows like that, but we don't want to just do that and, and ignore all right. these other wonderful treasures of fantastic Well, what about the what about the angry comment on the, um, was it Armenian records? No, there was also, to, to, to just respond to the one other viewer mail we got from last season's Crumb Shows. There's some guy that was, first of all, I got the, the most like positive response and the most enthusiastic response from the, the Turkish show. That from we the did. Turkish. Uh, above and beyond huh. anything else, just people uh, losing their minds who had never. Yeah, people you love know, them. Back onto the other track where we're playing stuff that people had never heard before. Yeah. People who weren't really introduced to great Turkish music who just totally related to it, which I, I, I found the same thing to be for me um, in, in my case. When I first heard different kinds of music, it, some, some of it took a lot longer for me to be able to absorb and appreciate. Right. But somehow I identified with that Turkish Turkish, huh. Turkish music immediately. Huh. So anyways, we got a lot of great you know, responses. People, ah, it was the greatest show you ever did. That music is amazing, blah, blah, blah. And we got this one guy. I forget his name. I don't want to, you know. No, I don't know. His name doesn't but matter. But he was responsible What's for What's his name? I forget. <laughs> but he did some Turkish uh, reissues, and he was very annoyed because someone had said to him, like, hey, you should check out this podcast. Yeah. And he's like, those guys don't know anything about Turkish music. And, well, know, what he said, he, he was like, you know, if they're going to own all these great Turkish records... They should at least know how to pronounce the the, the titles. <laughs> and he was just very like, well, people people language. were like, don't you love this? This is like some of the stuff you put out. And he was like, it actually really pisses me off. And he was just really like, I don't know. I, well, you know, that brings us to the discussion if we want to get into it, which we probably shouldn't, about all the different types of collectors out there. There, there are some guys who can't appreciate the music until... They know everything about the artist, you know, where he was born, what he ate for breakfast, well, this was obvi- how many this was times his, he, he shat his a day. special, his expertise. You know, well, his let me, let me the just, Phil Schapp syndrome. They let were me like, just they say were this like, to the like guy. A, you know. I just have this to say to him. I wish I knew more about Turkish music. I wish I knew how to pronounce the names. Mm-hmm. I I apologize that I am not an expert in this field. I wish I was. And uh, 
yeah. Where, do, where do I go to find this information? I mean, yeah. how did, is he Turkish, this guy? Is, is that how he knows I don't that? know. Maybe he'll get in touch again. I mean, but certainly been. you could just look most of it up on the Internet. You know, there's this thing that you're not aware of because you don't touch computers called Google where everyone's getting this information from. So the other side of that is I would like to say that I do not apologize that I don't know anything about these Turkish don't records. Snap. I do not apologize that I can't pronounce the people's don't names. Snap. I know what great music is because I've yeah. been absorbing great yeah. music without knowing anything about it. Like right, the person's too. name is not going to make me appreciate or enjoy the record any more or less. Now, actually knowing about it would be very interesting and yes. it would actually help me mm-hmm. probably find records easier and, you know, know about the instrumentation. Yeah, I get that. So, but, and I could Google it, but I don't have the time because the time I spend working, playing in a band, running a record label, doing these stupid podcasts, <laughs> and trying to like travel around the world and like, you know, experience life. I don't have time to look up every, you look it up. I did all this for you. I traveled over to the south of France, got Robert Crumb to play the greatest records in the fucking world. I spent hours editing this fucking podcast, recorded it. You saw it? I just okay, went settle down, John. Making it work. Hey, you know what? You want to know more about it? Google it, asshole. Because that's how that asshole learned about it. He didn't go to Turkey and you know hunt down these fiddlers from the twenties. He just Googled it. Well, maybe he did, but he might have. This takes it does take like dozens of hours of of investigation and study to really become even like a halfway knowledgeable about any of these various genres of music. And I totally appreciate the guys who are doing it. The Tony Russells out there, Mm -hmm. the Jonathan Wards, whoever they are. I I don't mean to stop the list there. Probably this guy who was very annoyed. Chris King is doing this now about regional Greek music. He's becoming an expert in this obscure, epirotic Greek music. It's great. I'm so happy that they're doing it. And Mm -hmm. the little bit that I can pick up here and there from reading, like after all the work they've done, I personally don't have time to do the work. And I also don't care but it's also, not going to make me appreciate what's wrong with two people anymore. discovering this great music and sharing it with the world like what's it to me he's just it's jealousy it's like they can they have these records it's jealousy but it's also the records it's jealousy and that should end every show <laughs> No, it's jealousy, but it's not even that. It's a different kind of way of thinking of that. I, I remember when I took, you know, jazz history with Phil Schapp from WKCR, another guy that I guess I'm going to badmouth, who, you know, Whoa. would talk on his show, you know, uh, about the details of these records for an hour and a half and then play one record and then talk about the details of them. And I wanted to kill him. I wanted to throw my radio on the ground and <laughs> smash it. And I, you know, and then I took a jazz history class from him. Where he tested us on things like what train a musician took to what session, you know, these details that he eventually got uh, fired from the new school because I know no train. one could pass jazz history. There are people who couldn't graduate from school because they couldn't pass jazz history. Now, to him, that was so important, you know, and to everyone else wanted to kill him. It just depends on how your mind works. But if your mind works like that, fine, good, good for you. Google it, idiot. Don't make me do your work for you. Do some work. Do some work. This is crazy. John has Robert in a headlock. Or They're down could, on the ground, wrestling around, pummeling each other. Robert's be, winning. Even on the more Socratic that's the, that's approach, the you could <laughs> say, you know, if this guy has this information, great. Somebody should have this information. That's a wonderful thing that he's had if he has the information, and he should share that with the world mm-hmm. in some well, some he way, did, he had, he I don't like well, that's, why, that that's why I tried to post the, the guy who made the comments on the jazz show because, uh, you know, if you want to send me, if you want to take the time to 
go through all the records we played and give me all this information. I'll gladly post yeah, it on the a, blog send, for everybody. Give us the biography. Send us some photos. Yeah. I'd love to see them. Instead of calling us assholes, do some work. <laughs> yeah. You know, I did this much work. You do some work. <laughs> You're right. This blog is for free. I'm not making any money off it. So, you know, everybody contributes some work. And I've, I've posted other people. People have made corrections to me. They've written me and said, hey, you posted a photo of this person, but that's not actually him. Or, yeah. You know, and then they send me a photo of, of some obscure obscure singer or, you know, musician. And I'm, I always post it and give them credit. Yeah. And I'm very thankful yeah. for it. Mm. And, and then there's people who just write you with hate. Okay. <laughs> there you go. Natty, natty, roo, roo. <laughs> Suckers. And my bag rules. <laughs> through his record yeah and uh we were just talking about this pendulum that you were using this robert's pendulum to contact the spirit and you just casually told me that you think you chipped your tooth and then inside the bag where you keep the pendulum where you've been contacting the spirit you found a piece of chipped tooth in there yeah okay well the other day when we were walking around so shopping or whatever Mm -hmm. i bit down on so i was i was chewing gum and it felt like uh, something came out of my mouth, like when I spit the gum out, and um, it, it, I thought I lost like a piece of my tooth or something. <laughs> Not like you know chipped a tooth, like where you right. could see it missing, but just like you know something in the back, a piece that comes out or something, yeah, part right. of crown or something. Yeah. Okay. And then I kind of forgot about it, and but I kind of wanted to just finish our walk and get back so I could look in the mirror and see like, uh, what, am I actually missing like a front tooth or something? You know. Right. So we got back, and then I looked in the mirror upstairs. That has the bright light, and uh, I didn't see anything missing or anything. I didn't see any piece of tooth, but. Huh. And I had, you know, Robert gave me that thing. It has like this little pouch that the pendulum what, is what in. What thing? So the people know it's a crystal. This crystal pendulum thing that both of you all said you contacted spirits, which I did watch you do, which was. Pretty cool, though. To me, I have to see something like levitating off the ground to actually believe. To be a true believer. Well, that's that's smart. I have to, because you know, for all I know, we we are moving it, and we just don't realize it somehow. You know, with our finger, that thing is so touchy. You know, breathe on it and it moves. But um, you know, it was working for me a couple times, so I was excited. And then lately, the last two times, it hasn't worked, including just now before I came over here. But I was kind of in a rush, and I try to visualize this thing when I use it because you said to clear your mind. I try to visualize this thing where, like, uh, a water, <coughs> waterfall or water's rushing through my brain, and it's like psh, and a sheet, and that's how and that's how my mind is cleared. What, and then it worked. Water the, rushing through your brain, like a waterfall. Like that's how I picture clearing my mind. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. And um, yeah, but then I looked in the pouch, and there was like a uh, like an actual. There's definitely it's a piece of tooth in there. It looks like it. I know. I showed it to Robert. I didn't bring it over now, but it was inside the pouch. Yeah. Listen, if you're going to interview or talking to your microphone, Mister Obsessively <laughs> looking through his records, <laughs> we know you have great records. You have great records. You're recording this. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Mm, okay. Yeah, I want to get this story down. Oh boy. So well, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe that's I'll... it. That's the story. I don't so know where this was. The piece of tooth inside the pouch. Yeah. Where you keep the crystal thing and where I, where I keep putting I wonder, it back. What if I put it in there at some point? Yeah, like, I need years to ago. bring it over. And it's just, the only weird thing I thought was that, first of all, it looks like a piece of tooth, and I had just had that experience, which is weird. And then the other thing was that, like, if this has been in there the whole time, like, which it could have been at the bottom, like, why didn't I see it? It's actually, like, pretty substantial piece of whatever mm. it is. Huh. I'll show it to you tomorrow. Yeah. What if I 
broke a tooth and put it in there at some point when I was traveling around with that thing. Maybe. Yeah, that Maybe. would be like 2001, way back, <laughs> when I was fooling around with that thing. Maybe the crystal was so uh, stimulated it hit your tooth. Maybe I'll put that tooth on eBay. Who wants to buy a piece of Robert Crumb's tooth? That crystal pendulum <laughs> made chopped liver out of me, that's all I can tell you. <laughs> yeah. It's pissed still. Did you waste your time with it, or, or did it waste your time with you? <clears throat> did it waste its time? With you, or did you and waste your time with it? I wasted, why well, didn't waste the time? It was a learning experience. Well, I don't consider it wasted, but it, it definitely made a fool out of me. But it's, you can't waste its time, because it has nothing but time. But what if you don't, what if it doesn't even know what you mean by chopped liver? That's like slang. Well, it would have, it could have said... It didn't know, but it just said yes. I asked it t twice. Am I am I chopped liver? Yes. <laughs> Maybe you are a big you're, hunk you're of real chopped liver, and you like, just don't know it. <laughs> am I insignificant? I, I agree with Eden. That's a very like odd question. <laughs> Ask it and then expect it to be. Maybe to it, like to. any you're a sack of meat, well, any human, I, and that's chopped liver. When I ask it questions which it couldn't really answer, yes or no. It would go kind of diagonally between the yes and no. Yeah, it did that for me too. Or, or it would just kind of slow down and kind of get all confused. But if you so, were talking, you were talking to a guy from the 14th century. From the no, from sometime between the fifth and the tenth century. Oh my God! But they had chopped liver back then. Indonesia. I mean, did, did this well, Indian, did it understand English? Yeah, I'm asking you. Yeah. You know? So point, what is point. it? What the fuck? I don't know. I have no idea what. How it works. Yeah. Excellent point, my friend. Touche. I wasn't speaking like 10th century Indonesian. Maybe when you went to meet it for coffee, did you go to a deli and order a chopped liver sandwich? Maybe, <laughs> maybe the spirit was just the guy working behind the deli counter. <laughs> I was crushed when it wouldn't meet me. Yeah. How would it meet you? Huh? Well, I don't know. It said it would. So the thing was, I said, can. I was trying to. I was testing its veracity. I said, well, if I. If we set up a meeting at the at the coffee house down the street at five o'clock, will you meet me there? And it said yes. So I went and I waited. <laughs> looked around, some strange looking people came in. I thought maybe that's him. Then <laughs> this like <laughs> half naked like travel. Some strange crazy girl came in and sat down at another table and was staring at me for oh, that's her, that's it. <laughs> you wish. <laughs> but maybe you were supposed to take the pendulum there. Like maybe it didn't understand. You know. Uh -huh. How yeah, did I don't it know. show up? I have no idea. Maybe it but, was in the toilet. Well, I didn't. I didn't know how it would show up, but it said it would. So maybe it was there, and it was like first I asked, it, "Can like, you dude, where's your pendulum? Can you manifest physically in this reality?" And it said, "Yes, it could." So I said, "Can I meet you down at the corner at five o'clock at the coffee house?" So I'll be there. You know. <laughs> Said okay, yeah. Maybe it was at the coffee house in his time, and you were at the coffee house in your time, even though he didn't have that. <laughs> yeah, that's he's rough. standing in some cave. Like, where's Robert? What a uh, dick. <laughs> when, when it didn't meet me, and I came back and and all shot down, I asked it, "Do you know the difference between a lie and the truth?" And it said, "No." Mm -hmm. Didn't know the difference. Snip. Yeah. And I said, "Let me talk to somebody else." <laughs> <laughs> you put it on. Get away from me! Totally bottom me! Bottom me! Bottom me! Let me go to like a higher level with this thing than this like weird spirit that had like been involved in human sacrifice and was you know raping the victims before they sacrificed. Yeah, hey, you want to talk to some like female spirits with big butts? <laughs> you know, 
Some goddess. I, you know, at Some first, god. for a long time, I thought, I, you know, I was all, all going along those lines like a fool. And that was the worst thing, is to involve your sexual libido in it. That's the worst thing you can do. You were, were you asking to speak to nubile, <laughs> well, I sexy... First I, said, for, I asked it what it was, and it just filled my wildest fantasy. <laughs> so that, you know, that, that turned out to be a complete bust. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I really felt like a, I felt like a fool. <laughs> While he was waiting at the cafe, he read some of your comics. He was like, oh my God. <laughs> he ran for the hills. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> this guy's a weirdo. <laughs> hey. Mm. I wasn't half as weird as that thing was. Yeah. yeah but. So you know, now you think that you when the pendulum was moving for you that you were doing it? I don't know. I, I'm like, I have to see concrete proof. Like, I, like if you levitated off that couch right now, yes, I would immediately believe in like every single thing, you know, but a thing that's very touchy, if they, well, you know. What do you think about all the, you know, possibly paranormal stuff we were talking about at... Uh, it could be true, I, it, but I also feel like I'm 50-50. I'm I know a lot of people that say they lived in houses where, you know, furniture moved in front of them, d- dishes were flying around their head, like in the movie Poltergeist, people, and, you know, I don't know if they... You knew people that claimed that they actually experienced, personally experienced oh, totally. Poltergeist like yeah. that? Yeah, when I lived in Dayton, Ohio, and they all agreed with each other, like three or four people. They also, you know, did drugs and drank heavily, and but they all said, like, yeah, this the cabinets, we moved out of this house because the cabinets in the kitchen were opening and shutting, and... I'm like, so you saw things like floating, levitating. They're like, oh, yeah, it was really dangerous. We couldn't go in the kitchen sometimes. I mean, if I saw that, I would totally believe, you know. Right. And I want to believe. Yeah. I'm like, fuck, Smolder. Yeah, we want to believe in the, in the paranormal. I want to, very badly. I was very excited when the pendulum worked for me twice, and now every time it doesn't work, I feel like uh, disappointed and like almost kind of angry. I'm like, come on, just go. I feel deserted by it, right? But I, yeah, but I can't. You know, make it move myself. It has to move on its own. Right. And I, I held it very still just before I came over here for about 20, 25 minutes. I mean, I have patience. I could sit there for hours mm. waiting. But the other two times, it didn't take that long. Mm. So. But, you know, my mind wasn't really clear. I tried to do the visual, visualization, whatever thing. And, and you, know, you were texting me that you had started. And I was on Facebook and checking my tracker and all these things so. so see when i did it it just seemed like i, I couldn't stop that thing from swinging well you better be careful if you talk about this too much on these podcasts because then you get like might yeah. get yeah like, <laughs> kinds of like pendulum advice from from people who presume to be experts on that subject yeah i'm not really interested in it myself <laughs> you're not interested in the pendulum I mean, interested in doing it i mean i'm interested in the phenomenon you know but I, I'm, I'm not going to be doing that no can I way. get a Ouija board? You can if you want to, but yeah. I would advise against it. There's people who swear by crystals and like the power of crystals and oh, stuff. Yeah, I've yeah. read stuff about that. Yeah. Well, they think they have a lot of energy. Right, they hold some kind of energy or something. Who knows? Yeah. Each one is a different thing. And I thought it might have been the crystal of the pendulum that gave it power. Yeah. But then I, like I tell you, I found this like commercially made. Uh, Mystic Eye Pendulum from the probably from the 50s or something with just a big metal thing at the bottom <laughs> of the chain pointed metal thing. It worked the same way for me. There's yeah. no difference at all. Hmm. People believe so, crystals so you, have healing energy. What, what do you, after all your experience, what, what do you think? You think it was real? I had no idea, actually. I yeah. had no idea what it was. And what do you think about all the 
like paranormal stuff without going over every detail of it that uh, we were talking about at dinner for four hours what do i think about it yeah what do both of you think about oh, it? i kind of like eden i kind of want it all to be true you know i, I it's all kind of like thrilling to think that such things are possible and as eden says also if you don't experience it firsthand you're going to be very very skeptical and should be of course but in my life i've seen enough firsthand things that convince me that consciousness is not bound by time and space yeah like what things like the the highland seer that i went to see in scotland in 1985 and he definitely was had very powerful extrasensory perception very strong it was so strong that i after talking to him i had to run outside and weep really? it evoked a spontaneous eruption of weeping wow it was and i couldn't explain why it wasn't it wasn't like it was sad it was just so cathartic in some way that it was very strange it was a very strange experience and this young woman that was there with us who he because he spoke to about four or five of us individually in a row, you know, one after the other, and this, this young woman that, after she spoke to him, and she came out of his office, and she also spontaneously erupted in weeping. Huh. <laughs> and then the tough Scotsman that brought us there, after his interview, he came out all with all stiff upper lip and, and hanging tough, and he just refused to weep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> he got home and cried like He a just baby. clamped his mouth and sat down. But it was... Very powerful, hmm. very weird. I remember when I ran outside to weep, and it, it was on a farmyard. The guy was a farmer, and I'm sitting on this stump weeping, and, and this goat came up to me, and was like right up close to my face, looking at me. I looked up, and his eyes were looking right at me. This <laughs> goat, like a few inches from my face. Ooh, that's not good. I know. <laughs> and I, that was kind of funny to me. It was funny in a way. Wow. Strange, what strange things going on on this farm. <laughs> the Highland Seer. So that was one thing, one phenomenon that I've, the paranormal phenomenon that I've actually experienced that was very powerful, that guy. And when so things like that happen, you have trouble remaining totally skeptical. Although skepticism is good, it's good. But to well, just write off those things, this stuff to just write things about. off. Say, "Oh, these people are all crazy." That's not good either. To be closed-minded, no. I think, and say, you know, all this stuff is bound to draw a lot of fake, crazy people. Of course, <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. But just by its nature. But then again, like 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 I was saying at dinner. I mean, you got most of the people out there who are one hundred percent believing that you know Jesus Christ was the son of God who created the universe 5,000 years ago, or Allah, or Joseph Smith, or the Scientologist with the alien sperm that came down into the volcano. I mean, when when you have, like, those kind of things out there that, you know, people are 100% as positive as true, it almost makes it harder, you know, like, people dismissing this stuff means nothing to me doesn't validate it but it just means nothing to me mm-hmm. anymore so yeah i don't know what to you know you, you just take people's uh, well, stories someone, someone and experiences say, uh, and you decide for yourself in. what they're you know if they're you know sound earnest or and you can think about what they're uh what they have to gain by you know making stuff up and then you just have to kind of figure it out for yourself stuff that happened to me personally seems 
very, very, very real. But at the same time, I'm not 100% sure. Well, it's, it's, it, you know, if you're really interested, you can read a lot about it and, and find a, you know, spectrum of attitudes about it from the most skeptical to the most, like, uh, credulous, you know. Yeah, I went through a lot of that. Yeah, yeah, me too. And lots uh, of stuff about UFOs and about... Some of it was very helpful, you know. I want to read how to develop my extrasensory perception. Well, I think you definitely have some strong psychic powers. I make fun of you and call you a witch, but I I think it... Some very, very strong psychic powers. I you think, think she does? Oh, yeah. yeah. I think so. much, much stronger than mine. And, huh. you know, as, as a young person, I experienced a lot of weird... Yeah, you had very strange experiences in your childhood, very yeah. bizarre experiences. Yet some party was open to something. Yeah. But I don't know. But, um, but the stuff I've experienced with Eden over the last 20 years, I, I can see. Nothing. What's that? Nothing. Well, just very simply, again, something that you're going to brush off as like, you know. Finishing sentences or singing the same song lyrics at the same time of a song we just heard in the supermarket or having a dream that sort of comes true. That's that's all very common. That's not, not, that's nothing. Yeah, it's not common for me. Well, also it's it's true, I would say that, you know, those kind of low-level extrasensory experiences are quite common. Well, as you've said many times, you know, people have been together for a long time. I think it's, you know, common that they're, you know, uh, have some kind of like psychic connection. I remember reading a book once about a guy that worked in a carnival. He was a sword swallower, and he described this other guy that worked in the carnival that was a mind reader. And he said that he talked to the guy for a long time, and the guy had been in the business for a long time. And he said, yeah, when I started, I was just, it was all fake. You know, I had plants in the audience. I figured out how to, like, get people to... like to read their mind just by reading their facial gestures or facial movements when I would present them with a question about some relative or something like that. You kind of learn to read people. And said after a while, it actually turns into mind reading. <laughs> you get so subtle with it, so subtle that you actually do start to pick up their psychic vibes and start to be able to actually see what they're thinking, you know. Mm. You developed it over years and years and years of starting out totally fake with it but the guy probably already even though he was faking already had some sensitivity that way or he wouldn't even have fancied himself of even a fake mind reader you know otherwise you never wouldn't get anywhere with it you know but how far you can go with that i don't know who knows but this guy this highland seer he is gifted i asked him what did he say to you? What was so like powerful? He didn't explain the experience at all. I have no idea what you're, like you're talking well, about. Well, he he kind of he would just read your mind, and he he said, "Okay, I see that," because uh, he wasn't told anything about me beforehand. Nothing. Nobody t- could possibly have told him in the circumstances. He wouldn't have permitted them to forewarn him anything about me. So he said, oh, "I see that you," and he made a gesture like, "Do something with your hand. You're very skilled. Do something with your hand. Very skilled." drawing or writing. I said, yeah, I'm an artist. He said, uh-huh. He said, oh, I see you're also, you're involved with a woman who also does the same thing. She's also very skilled and does the same sort of work that you do. I said, yeah. And he said, yeah, she has, and he made a gesture like long, wavy hair. Yeah, she has long, dark, wavy hair. He's describing Aileen. But you're saying that this guy couldn't have known who could you were? Not, I mean, he could not have known anything. I mean, a couple of me. teenagers at the restaurant we were at tonight recognized this you. This guy for, is. For <laughs> 
uh, way out of it farmer and could not have known. And then, then the, 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 the clincher was, and nobody could possibly have known this, said, oh, I see you're also involved with another woman who also is very skillful with her hand like that, an artist or something. And, and, but she has long, then he made gesture like long, straight brown hair. And I, and I, oh, yeah, I was having this affair with this woman, extramarital affair with this other woman artist with long, straight brown hair. <laughs> and he kept talking, about, oh, you're the middle child. You know, he's going on about my childhood and stuff. And, and it was spooky. Hmm. Spooky, that's all I can tell you, what he knew. And then at the end... I'd like he, to go see the guy. He says, oh, yeah, I see your, your house. You're having some work done in your house. Like, re, I see that there's ladders and painters and, and this, the rooms are half finished. And, and I said, no, no, I'm not having any work done in my house. No. I said, no, yeah, no, I see the, the rooms are unfinished. I see it very clearly in my mind. That I said, no, no. He said, he just kind of shrugged his shoulders. Oh, well, oh, well. So then later I was, oh... He was seeing this place I was staying at in Edinburgh, this unfinished apartment where they, was, they were working on the apartment. I realized later that's what he saw. When I got back to the apartment, oh, this is what he saw. He saw this unfinished place where I'm staying. Hmm. That was really spooky. Hmm. <laughs> but can, he can't give you the, the winning lotto numbers? <laughs> I don't think he dealt in things like that. And I asked him about how he first realized he had these powers, and he told me that when he was 11 years old, and he had a friend of his was coming to his house, and he saw the kid coming down the road, and he realized when he saw the kid that the kid's father had just died, and the kid didn't know it. And he said that was such a heavy piece of knowledge that he didn't know what to say to the kid. And he just said to the kid, you better go home right away. I said, why? Well, I said, Something, something's happened. You should go home right away. And, and sure enough, his father died. Wow. And he told me after that, he had all these... He, that made him aware that he had these powers. He said he had them before that. But that was so grave of a thing that it you know, made him aware of it. And he said he didn't want to... No, he didn't want to have to deal with this it's knowledge. This guy's not still around, is he? Was a long he was time. old then. I don't know. Probably not. It was 1985. Damn. The Highland Seer. This guy's with this crazy Scotsman. Oh, we got to go see the Highland Seer. Got to meet him. <laughs> He'd been up there before and had had a psychic reading. Want to go see John? And the guy. Ch- Thirty-one years ago. Uh, I'm sure he's not around, or else I'd be there. Yeah. Right. Was he charge you? Nothing. He said he couldn't take money. Oh, he was a sweet little old man. He was very sweet. Lived on this farm. So the farm went back in his family hundreds of years. He said, he, and his life was all screwed up. He said until he acknowledged that he had to tell people what he was seeing. Up to that, so he gradually came to that realization and had been like in denial. He just didn't want to deal with it. Tried to sh- shut it out. He said it just fucked his life all up. He kept becoming an alcoholic and everything. He said as soon as he started telling people, it kind of all straightened out. Huh. Very interesting. Yeah, that was a very powerful paranormal experience maybe that's what's wrong with you maybe once you admit you're a witch and release your powers <laughs> I need more proof <laughs> don't, maybe you don't want her to release her powers why well you know she might start doing stuff that you know might be troublesome <laughs> hmm. 
They're fine, but... <laughs> On the other hand, you know, maybe she could, like, charge admission and make some money reading people's palms or something. Can you imagine the lineup she would get? Tarot cards. <laughs> I told you about that tarot card reader, right? This kind of, uh, kind of irritating female that I knew years ago that, and Nancy and how she was always reading people's tarot cards and when she insisted one day in reading mine I said okay okay and she lit the candles and the incense and turned off the lights and laid the cards out and told me this whole thing predicted this whole very specific thing that came true very specific thing that oh you're going to get a letter from a woman and it's going to get on your nerves it's going to be really annoying and you're going to have to go through some trouble but then it's going to all come out to for your benefit in the end you are going to benefit greatly in the end from this it's kind of totally to be true like two weeks later, the letter arrived, and the whole process that she described had happened. Hmm. And the letter wasn't from her. No, it's from <laughs> my my first wife. And it was trouble, and I resolved it to my benefit, actually. Interesting. Yeah, and she was like, you know, this low-level tarot card reader, nothing special, but. You know that somehow that that using the cards was a vehicle for her of of um, activating this some low level psychic power, which a lot of pe- those people need something like that, you know, some vehicle to activate the powers. Reading tea leaves or a crystal ball, whatever you know, palms, tarot cards, I Ching, yada yada. And I told you how. After that experience, I decided to, just as a game with Sophie when she was a kid, you know, I'm gonna, Sophie, I'm going to read your cards here. And it, I just used regular playing cards and, and shuffled them and made this pattern, like cross pattern, like, like the tarot card reader had made with the cards as I was pulling them off the deck and laying them out. And the eerie thing was that I looked at the cards and it all meant something, actually. It actually meant something about Sophie. I started telling Sophie what it meant for her. It made sense. It was weird. It was very weird. <laughs> so you do have psychic powers. Well, I don't know. This the card. Somehow the the symbols and all activated something. All it was weird, very weird. It all fit. It was like the um, like astrological shit predictions that you read in the paper. Somehow you know, huh? Yeah, that actually does sound like me. You know. Right, right, right. <laughs> it was like that. Eerie. I don't, I don't get astrology. I don't how, understand how people can spend a lot of time thinking about or fussing with astrological stuff. I never got that, but I guess it works for people. I don't know. Yeah, I never understood that either, but, you know, I don't know. There's some, there's some weird things about it, but, I mean, the way they just write in the paper these generic things that could apply yeah. almost across the board to people, yeah. it's just kind of silly. <laughs> but sometimes they, Aileen will read something to me about, here. here's your prediction for today, Robert, for your astrological, and it, it, wow, that really fits. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of those things are just designed to, like, fit, but I don't know. Yeah. I mean, there's also something to be, like, like I'm an Aquarius I've always had this deep connection with the ocean. With water. And also, I've, I've always had this connection with, like, monkeys. And in the Chinese New Year, I was born in the year of the monkey. And I had these connections before I knew anything about astrology. What's, what's your connection with monkeys? 
I don't know. I've just always, you know, had this like uh, fascination. I think I was born with like when I was a kid. I mean, it just sounds stupid, but when when I was a kid, I was obsessed with this curious George, and I had this monkey doll that I was obsessed with. Like I wouldn't <laughs> leave it alone. And I know, you know, that, that's describing like every kid, except that there was something weird about it for me. Like, uh, you know. Uh, um, I, I I really had this strange attachment to it, and it turned out my brother ended up being allergic to everything. He was allergic to the doll. <laughs> had to get rid of it, and I, I refused to let my parents get rid of it. I told them they ended up putting it in the attic, you know. Huh. And even when I was a teenager, I had a hard time like getting rid of it. And then right away, you know, I was obsessed with things like Planet of the Apes and just like monkeys. Mm. And I, I just always felt like uh, Planet of the Apes. That's right. You're into the Planet of the Apes. Not <laughs> into it. Like I was always obsessed with it. You know, and uh, obsessed with Planet of the Apes. Yeah, yeah. You know, I just like you know, I thought it was like like Pete is with Zorro. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, wow. And uh, you know, just other things uh, like that that are, of course, no big deal or any like, huge thing. But and later, when I found out much, much, much later that I was born in the year of the monkey, I just thought, well, of course I. You am. never considered like going into primate studies as a as a uh, vocation. I mean, I think I would have had I realized that was a thing. Oh, you know that, huh? Yeah, like like later when I realized, like, you know, there was people who, that's what they did, like, you know, rescued gorillas and chimps. Or just and studied stuff. chimps and yeah. gorillas. Yeah, I would have loved to, but not in the not in the NIM, you know, sense. Right. But, yeah, in the, you know, in the wild, rescuing and studying stuff, but... Yeah, but of course, well, you know, when I was young, I was, you know, I was into music. I just went to music school. I'm, I'm a Virgo, like a, a double Virgo or something, and people are always telling me, oh, yeah, you crumb, you just fit that whole Virgo thing. But what is the Virgo thing? I, have I no don't idea. know. It's like, you know, I fussy know and compul- obsessive and exact, exacting, and, you know, I don't know. Well, that all fits. <laughs> what about you? What's your uh, sign? What's your sign, dude? Mm, I'm Taurus with a Gemini, right? A lot of oh, Gemini. Oh, of course you are. What is <laughs> Gemini that rising in my. I don't know. Just kidding. <laughs> a strong connection to cell phones. Mm, no, cell phones didn't exist. Um, mm. My sister did my chart for me. She does all that stuff. I can't remember what. It was pretty accurate, but you know, you could kind of say anything as pertains to you, your personality, right. you know, that kind of stuff. Right. I know some people that are really heavily into astrology. I'll be like, oh, do you want to do this on this day? And they're like, are you crazy? The moon is in Jupiter. Right, and like, I start screaming at me. I'm like, oh, my God. Right. Now they're, now everything, like Mercury always seems to be in retrograde. Like every 10 days. It's like Mercury's, everything is so crazy because Mercury's in retrograde. I mean, maybe it's true. I, I don't know. I don't even know what that means. Magnetism of the planets. Who knows? Yeah. It's all magnetism. As for the audience, so long for a while. We love That's you. That's all the songs for a while. We love you. We love you, audience. Thanks for tuning in to John's Old Time Radio Show. Ooh, that was nice. Please join us next time, where John will chastise you, call you stupid, and say fuck off. Thank you and good night. Well, That's I'm, great. I'm great. I'm going to use that in every Fun. show. Every show's going to end That's with that from now on. That's a career she could have had.